ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 Purpose Girls. So one of the questions I get asked the most is, what is the one thing I need to do to be happier? Like, don't tell me about the things, just give me one silver bullet. Oh my goodness, I wish I had one silver bullet. If I did, I would have more money than Oprah and Jeff Bezos and you name it, alive, like, right? I would be a trillionaire. The fact is that there is no one silver bullet because there are so many reasons that we dip into feeling less than, we dip into feeling unhappy, we dip into depression. And so what we really need is a tool belt, a tool belt that has so many different tools and that you experiment which tool goes with which issue. If you're feeling a wound from your childhood, which tool do you use? If you're getting really frustrated or you're getting jealous, which tool do you use? If you have become overwhelmed with life, which tool do you use? And that is what today's episode of the Purpose Girl podcast is all about. It is giving you the tools, including one major tool giving you the tools for you to really step up your happiness game. Because I just had the Jewish New Year and on the Jewish New Year, I always do reflection. I really pause and I feel into the year that has passed and what was great and what wasn't and what I learned and what I want to leave behind and what I'm wanting in the new year. And what I realized is that above all else, my well-being and my health is number one. Now, it might sound silly, like how, why am I just realizing this? Of course, this is what I teach all of you, but sometimes we teach that which we have to learn. And I am reminded constantly that me keeping my own joy up, me keeping my own inner peace up is the ticket to me being more energetic, me being a better wife, me being a better podcaster, me connecting more with my coaching clients. And so today we're talking about how we elevate our happiness and how we help each other do the same. First though, of course, our review of the week. This is coming from Envy Henvy in the United States. Five-star review called Amazing with three exclamation points. You are a woman after my heart. I love exclamation points. And she says, Karen is amazing. She seems like a very positive, heartwarming person. Oh. I listen to the show on my way to and from work, and every episode is always inspiring. I can't get enough. Three exclamation points. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Envy Henvy. I love you. Thank you for seeing my warm heart. Thank you for telling me that the podcast inspires you. It means so much to me. And all of you listening, if you have not yet left your five-star review, please pause this episode for 60 seconds, 120 seconds, less than two minutes. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and leave a five-star review. It can be one sentence. The reason that this is important is that the more five-star reviews we have, the more women all over the world find us. And that is how we create this momentum, this movement, this revolution 
of a woman, each woman around the world standing in her empowered self and knowing that she is worthy of her own happiness and joy and that she is in charge of it and in control of it. And so head on over. Thank you. Thank you for leaving those reviews. Thank you, Envy Envy. And I so appreciate all of you. Okay. And now let's talk about happiness. So I want to take you back to one of the happiest and one of the unhappiest days of my life. I just said that it was Rosh Hashanah. And two years ago on Rosh Hashanah, I was on day 30 of my cycle. And I just knew I was pregnant. I just felt it. And so I woke up early that morning and I ran to the bathroom and I peed on the stick and I ran back and I looked at the stick and it was pregnant. And so I woke Josh up and I said, oh my God, oh my God, we did it. Baby, we did it. We did it. And he got tears in his eyes and I got tears in my eyes and we had this huge hug and we were giggling and laughing. I called my mom. Two years of our fertility journey finally over. We were so thrilled. We were so happy. We went to Rosh Hashanah services that morning, touching my belly, praying, being receptacles for higher source, higher power, feeling so connected to everyone there and community and knowing that we were going to bring a child into the community. We felt amazing. And then, of course, weeks later, I went for my first ultrasound. And Josh and I were talking, excited, giddy, animated. I think we had been maybe looking at baby names, looking on Pinterest of different ways to do the room. I have an idea in my head of what the room would look like. And the doctor begins her ultrasound, says nothing, and then looks at me and shakes her head no. I screamed, I cried, no, no, no. Actually, what I kept saying was, no, 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 not possible. And she showed me. And so that was my second miscarriage. And what happened is that I couldn't breathe. I couldn't think. I needed everyone to know, and yet I couldn't talk to anyone. I was in such a panic. I I thought it was all a bad dream. I was a nightmare. I was going to wake up any moment. And as, as the moments went on, as the hours went on, as the days went on, I realized it was not a bad dream at all. And I kept praying, maybe the doctor was wrong. Like maybe it's just too early, but it wasn't. And I became so depressed. I said to Josh, I don't want to be alive anymore. How can you imagine? me. I mean, here I was coaching on women and being empowered on taking charge of their lives, on knowing that they are the creator. They can create anything that they want. I teaching all of you. I didn't have the podcast yet, but this is what I was doing. Coaching one-on-one, coaching in groups, speaking at organizations about being your happiest self, about knowing what happiness is to you. And I didn't want to live. And so this brought me to my lowest and I had the good foresight of reaching out to as many girlfriends as I could. And this is tool number one, sisterhood. We know that one of the reasons why women suffer from depression is feeling loneliness. In fact, we know that 
men and even children suffer from depression. Loneliness is untenable. Loneliness is something that none of our bodies or nervous systems can handle. And the reason is that we evolved as social creatures. We evolved in a hive or a tribe of other humans. And our early ancestors would work together as a community to hunt for food, gather for food, take care of each other's children, raise the children, cook together, nurse each other's children. Our bodies and brains and nervous systems developed to need each other. And for women, research has shown that this is particularly important. A research study was conducted with women who had breast cancer and were in remission. And what they found was that women who had close girlfriends lived longer and were healthier. We absolutely know a correlation between women's well-being and sisterhood. The thing is, is that I know it can be difficult to even find sisterhood. Where, where do we find sisterhood? Right? I, it can be challenging. A friend of mine was telling me that when her kids started playing Little League football, she had this vision that she would be such good friends with all of the other football moms. She had a vision that they would come over, they would have tea, she would make cookies, right? It would be like a thing where they'd have a glass of wine and they would chit-chat. Instead, she showed up and they all knew each other and she sat to the side and she felt so lonely. So many of us have had experiences from childhood, right? From me, fifth grade, sixth grade of being abandoned by my group of friends, I remember it so clearly. We were such good friends. And then one day I showed up at school and they just didn't like me anymore. Now, even though that didn't last, and then they took me back into the group and I was so grateful to be in the group. It stuck with me that other women don't like me, that I'm not okay or I'm not good enough. And this is a theme I see with so many women. We've been so hurt by each other that sometimes it's hard when we get older to trust each other to really share our truths because who is telling their truth in carpool line or at the parent teacher conference? Who's actually saying, oh God, it's my kids are driving me crazy right now. No, everyone talks about how their little Joey has got the A on the test or won the science fair. Like we are not being real with each other. But our number one tool is sisterhood. Because when women come together and are real, not in the complaining way, right? Too many women do get together for the glass of wine and just complain about their husbands, complain about their kids. Uh-uh, I'm not talking about complaining. I'm talking about being real with your feelings. Like, oh, my kids are really driving me crazy and, and I feel guilty about that. Or I'm really sad with what's going on with my husband. We're not connected anymore. It's not complaining he's gone all the time or he golfs too much. No, your sadness. We aren't doing that. What happens when women get together and are real and are connected, women hold each other, women love on each other. That's who we are. We know how to be great friends. We know how to hold space for each other. We know how to love on people. And when we do that, we then lift each other up. We get each other then to laugh or to see what else is possible or to see their biggest, best self. We love giving compliments to each other. I see this time and time again in my Goddess Girls retreat in Miami, any retreat I do. 
I see how women come together. And when women are, first of all, real about their dreams and their desires, about what they really want in all aspects of their life, and about pain that they've been through, and we work together to turn that pain into purpose, and we uplift each other and celebrate each other to be their best, woo, watch out. Women rise. And this is what happened with me with that miscarriage. I had the good foresight to text or ask Josh to text every girlfriend I have, every woman I love. And some people don't talk about their pain because, I don't know, we've been shamed around things like miscarriage or breast cancer or whatever it might be. There is no shame in pain. No shame in pain. However, shame comes to us and likes to hide in dark corners. Shame does not like to be talked about. And so instead, if when we're in pain, we reach out to a sister and we say, sister, I'm in pain. Will you hold me? Will you love me? Will you remind me of how awesome I am? Woo, do we rise. And this is because in early days when we were communal tribal people, the men were off to war or they were off hunting for dinner, for food for the next few days. Women were in the village together. So women danced together, women sang together, women cooked together, women hugged each other and held each other. The women were in the community taking care of each other. And that's why it's literally in our bones that we need sisterhood. And let me tell you, with that miscarriage, my girlfriend stepped up. My dear friend, Stacy, was over here almost every day holding me. My dear friend, Allison, sent me quotes every day, many times, two or three times a day, reminders to breathe, to put my hand on my heart, remind me of what a resilient person I am, quote after quote, sending me meditations, a meditation I'd listen to over and over and over again, where I would tell myself, I love you. I love you and I am listening. It's a beautiful meditation. My college girlfriends flew here. They left their families. Two of my college girlfriends who each have three kids of their own, each have busy, busy lives. They left their families and came to be with me for a night. And they let me cry and we laughed. They reminded me of some of our college memories. It was incredible. And in these women's love, I healed. I began healing in a way that was different than Josh's love. And maybe it's primal. But he was going through his own experience. I needed the women surrounding me. And so sisterhood is the most important component. With that miscarriage, I also began seeing a therapist again and working through some really old issues. I didn't even realize how much was still there about being a perfectionist. And this is another reason why women suffer depression more than men. There is some edict out there telling women that we are supposed to be perfect in every single area of our lives. We're supposed to do it all. A client was telling me recently about her mother-in-law, that her mother-in-law had been ill. And her husband expected her to take care of her mother-in-law because she's a woman, <laughs> because that's what people think the responsibility is of the, of the woman. 
Josh and I were just talking, his cousin had a baby shower and neither one of us had responded because I was thinking it's his family. And I don't know if he was thinking I would respond. I don't think so. But we started talking afterwards when we realized and said, oh my God, we need to respond to this. How in many families, it is the woman who takes on all of that responsibility, who is keeping the mental checklist and feeling like we're not, we're not living up to it. We're not keeping up. We're not doing well enough. Right? It's like if a dad watches his daughter for a night, he's babysitting. And if a woman watches her daughter, she's parenting, she's just home. Now, I'm not saying that that's you or your partner, but this feeling that we are not enough begins so early. And men do not feel this in the same degree as women. I'm not saying no men feel this way, but men do not feel this not enoughness in the same degree as women. Part of that are the messages that we got growing up. Growing up, we did not see. And we still do not see as many women in high-level positions. So we haven't yet seen a woman president of the United States. We barely see women leaders of other nations. We don't see a lot of women in government positions, CEOs. A small percentage, a small percentage, about 5% of CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are women. So we aren't seeing, we don't have the role model. So we don't really know. Of course we don't feel enough. There's media all the time telling us that women make less than men. And African-American women less than Caucasian women. And Latina women less than Caucasian women. So we're constantly being told that we're not enough, that we have to do more. Add in all of the magazine ads that tell us that we're not thin enough or pretty enough or young enough or our hair is the wrong color, whatever it might be. The messages start really early. And so this is not though blame, right? We are not gonna be victims of our lives. We are the creator. We are creating the happiness that we want. And so the way that we do that, the happiness tool here is to know how awesome you are, is to be absolutely certain and clear in your body that you are powerful beyond measure. Instead of thinking about all that you haven't done is to pause and think of everything that you have, all of your accomplishments. And this is a major happiness tool to intentionally shift our thinking. Another reason why we are such a depressed society, women and men, and especially women though, is our, we ruminate. Our brains never shut up, right? Your brain is going on and on and on, either about the to-do list or what you haven't done or what you're supposed to do. Da, 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 da. Like the brain never shuts up. Some people call it the monkey mind. Some call it the reptilian brain. It is, it's the part of your brain that is afraid. And so it worries constantly. Now, our early ancestors developed worry for a reason. Worry helped them stay alive because if they worried about will there be food in the future or will there be a drought, then they were preparing. So we worry because there's an evolutionary benefit because it seems to benefit us. However, we worry so much that it's no longer helpful and that it's a trap. And what we actually have to do then is to learn mindfulness, to learn mindfulness where we bring ourselves to the present and we appreciate being exactly where we are. Not anymore about doing and stacking up your worth to have I done enough. But knowing that your worth is your being, the character of your heart, your smile, your generosity, 
your laugh, how you love others, your creativity, your quirkiness, your funness, your dancing. It's being. And this was huge for me after that miscarriage. My brain didn't want to accept what had happened. It was going crazy. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? It was going into the future. Will I ever get pregnant again? Is this ever going to happen for me? And what I needed was to actually come into the moment and be able to feel what I was feeling and know that I was okay. And so I started doing, and so I really amped up my meditation practice, my mindfulness practice. And I would spend a lot of time breathing, taking a lot of deep breaths to calm down my nervous system. A huge thing that we need to do for our well-being, another happiness tool. And I spent a lot of time in prayer. And what I would pray are two simple words. Show me. Show me. Show me what I'm here for. Show me what this is about. Show me that I'm okay. Show me what I need to do next. Show me. And whether you believe in a God, goddess, universe, higher source, that is what felt good for me. And in meditation, I kept asking, show me. And one day the words, show me what else I'm here to birth, came to me. That maybe I'm not here to birth babies. Maybe I'm here to birth a women's movement like I am, right? This was before the podcast. Maybe I'm here to birth something else. So I just kept saying, show me, show me. And friends, I had a vision of women all over the world. I suddenly had a vision of women in different parts of Africa, different parts of Asia, different parts of South America, North America, Europe, crying. I could see different women. I could see different women like my friend sitting alone at the football game. I just, I could see faces, right? I could see women feeling left out, feeling like they have to be perfect, rushing around. And then I had a vision. I said, show me, show me what else I'm here to birth. And I had a vision of a globe. Literally, it was like, like a globe that you put on your desk, right? I had a vision of a globe and women gathering in small circles all over that globe. And I literally could see it. It was like a, a globe where I could see women gathering in Southeast Asia and then women gathering in Australia and women gathering in London and women gathering in Portland, Oregon and women gathering in Miami, Florida. I had this picture and I could see these groups gathering all over and my whole body tingled. It was like this deep knowing came through me that what I am here to birth is a happiness movement for women. What I'm here to birth is teaching women how to shift from being unhappy to being happy to creating the systems and teaching the tools and getting so clear on what is going on and then to create something so magical for women to come together and use the tools and learn the tools and practice the tools and support each other in the tools. Like that's what I'm here for. And I started to feel alive again. Started to feel alive again. And right then, Women's Global Happiness Day was born. Women's Global Happiness Day is the only worldwide event dedicated to eradicating the women's depression epidemic by teaching women research-based tools, research-based happiness tools 
to become their most enlivened, happiest selves, to take charge of their lives, to take control, to choose, I'm going to be a creator. The I choose, I choose. That's what Women's Global Happiness Day is. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. Like, how was I going to get a group to meet somewhere in Southeast Asia or somewhere in, you know, on the entire continent of Africa? How is that going to happen? I have no idea. But I believed. So I started telling people about it, that we want to create this movement and women can gather all over the world. And as I started telling people, they would get excited. Yes, I want to do that. Yes, I'll host an event. Yes, I'll host an event. And as the goddess would have it, a friend of mine asked me to teach an international online class. Well, guess what about that international class? It was all women. She didn't intend for it to be all women. It was open to men, but it was all women. And within that class were two women from Nigeria. In that class was a woman from the Philippines. In that class was a woman from Colombia. Women all over the world in that one class. And so one day I shared the idea with them and they all said, I'll do it. I'll host an event. And then Women's Global Happiness Day was born. And I am so honored to tell you that since its inception last year, 150 women have stepped up to hold events either last year or this year. And that number is growing because we're getting, we're getting more and more, more, more requests. And so what's incredible is how meditation as a tool can support you in coming back to the present moment. And in prayer, we know from the research that meditators and people who pray, so you can do this as meditation or you could do it as prayer, either one, that what happens is that in brain scans while meditating, the prefrontal cortex lights up. And this is the part of your brain that allows you to calm down more easily, that allows you to think rationally when you're in a place of fear or anxiety or anger, the part of your brain that's responsible for more creativity. Because when you're in prayer or in meditation, you're calming your body, first of all. You're calming your nerves. And in that space, your brain is focused in attention. And so that monkey mind doesn't get to come in. But instead, it's focused on attention in something positive on hope. And so the miracle of that mindfulness and meditation for me led to the creation of something so powerful, which gets me to another tool that we can turn any pain into purpose. And that when we do, we are becoming the creators of our own life. Now, I'm not saying that it never upsets me anymore that I had the miscarriage. Of course not. There still is trauma. We can have post-traumatic growth and post-traumatic stress at the same time. But we feel so good about ourselves when we take something that was painful and we find the gift and the lesson in it and we shift it. And that's what Women's Global Happiness Day is. And it is coming up October 18th. And I am so excited, so excited because women from all over the world again are stepping up. And let me tell you, this event is so incredible. I told you sisterhood is the number one thing. Last year, a woman held her event in Jerusalem, Israel. And she had both Muslim and Jewish women in the room. And the women said at the end of that night, they said, for one night, we weren't Jews and Muslims. For one night, we were women. And they hugged and they cried and they connected. And it was beautiful. A group that met in Lagos, Nigeria, a beautiful group, maybe 30, 35 women. One woman had been in mourning over her husband for 40 days. And she almost didn't come because when we don't feel good, right? When we're depressed, we want to isolate. 
And the leader really encouraged her, come, come, come. And she came and she allowed her sisters to hold her. And then she did the exercises. Because in each one of these events, I create a curriculum of positive psychology tools, happiness tools that I then teach to the event leaders through training. And so through those exercises, this woman in mourning actually said, I feel good for the first time in 40 days. And I finally now can start also paying attention to my life again. We had a group in Portland where one woman walked away and said, I now have clarity on my purpose. Group met in Toronto and filled up a board with sticky notes that said, I'm a woman on a mission too. And they each put what they're on a mission to, their purpose. It was incredible. And so with Women's Global Happiness Day, There are events that are going to be happening all over Europe, all over Asia, all over North America, South America, you name it. And any one of you can hold an event. You don't have to know anything about positive psychology. All you have to do is invite two friends over, one friend, five friends, 50 friends, whatever. Invite them over, have some cheese, have some grapes, have some snacks. And then I am providing the entire curriculum and we'll take you through every single step of exactly what to do exactly what to welcome, exactly what music you can play, or of course you can go off on your own, but I really make it so comprehensive. And this is our opportunity, sisters, for us to practice the tools that will help not only ourselves be happier, but help all of the women in our communities be happier. In fact, another happiness tool is acts of service. So we know that people who volunteer are happier than people who don't. People who volunteer actually also have greater longevity. They get less illness. Why? Because when we are volunteering and we're giving, right? I'm not talking about kind of the woman giving, 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 over giving to everybody and then feeling sucked dry. No, I'm talking about giving in a way that lights your heart up. I'm talking about giving of your your heart because you want to, because it inspires you. And so women who held these events, they, they have been thanking me and thanking me and they don't have to, we're doing this together. Because to them, even if they were scared to pull a group together, doing something meaningful for other women lit them up. And so this act of service, gathering even two girlfriends together and going through some of these exercises was an intervention in itself, was a happiness tool in and of itself. And so any of you who are listening to this, you can actually hold a Women's Global Happiness Day at any time. I love it to be anytime in October, but if you do the first week of November or whenever you do it in June, I don't care. I will still provide the curriculum for you. You can still watch the training. There's a recorded training. You can watch it. You can still ask me any questions because the most important thing isn't when it is. It is gathering women together and teaching them these tools. Another thing I see and hear all the time is that so many women know what makes them unhappy, but are not clear on what makes them happy. And this is going to be a huge tool in this year's curriculum where I am providing two different tools for women to get so clear on each area of your life and what is really working and rocking it out for you. Like maybe you're rocking it out in the work department and you are feeling not good in the love department. Or maybe you're rocking it out in your volunteer work and you are not feeling good about your physical health. And so really there's going to be a tool in it that gives you that ability to look at each area of your life and say, how is this area working for me? And it specifically is designed around the six areas that we know create well-being. 
for somebody, create flourishing. Looking at meaning, looking at engagement in your life, looking at health and vitality, looking at positivity. And then there's another exercise in the curriculum where you go through and you define, figure out what happiness means to you. And it's so exciting. It's so powerful to get so clear on aspects of happiness like joy and peace. And then to share that with the other women in the group. I know here's the cool thing. If you can't, if you're in like, if you're sitting there and you're like, I do not have it in me to hold an event. <laughs> That's just too much. Or I'm scared to hold an event this year, maybe next year, or I don't know anyone in my community or anything like that. You can go onto the website, Women's Global Happiness Day, and look for events that are near your area. And so you could attend an event that someone else is holding. Also, I will be hosting a free event. You just go to the website. It's in the show notes, womensglobalhappinessday.com, or you could go to purposegirl.com forward slash happy. Either one will work and you can register for the free event. And I will take you through some of these exercises because I want you to have all of these tools. I want you to have a robust tool belt. Because for me, after that miscarriage, having the tools of meditation saved my life and helped me turn pain into purpose and get clarity and vision on how else I can be in the world and what else would bring me happiness. Because we don't get everything. And when I always talk about being a creator of our life, listen, there are things that we aren't able to create that it's not happening for us. And we can create what we do from there. We get to choose, right? You all know that a partner and I created the I Choose necklace that you can get on the Purpose Girl website. And I wear it every day because it's a reminder. We may not get to choose everything that happens to us, but we do get to choose what we do about it. We do get to choose to see it as happening for us and to shift it. So that's what these tools are all about. The sisterhood tool, the pain to purpose tool, the tool of identifying and being honest about what's working and not working, and then being intentional about knowing what makes you happy and doing those things. The tool of reflection and meditation. There are so many incredible tools. And what I love about Women's Global Happiness Day is it's all of those tools like combined in one because there is a moment of reflection. There is dancing, there is music, there is connection and sisterhood, there are proven exercises all based in research. And it is coming up and I am so excited. I'm so excited and I want every single one of you to participate. Now you can participate, like I said, by hosting an event, by attending an event, by attending the online event, or something as simple as on Women's Global Happiness Day, post about it on Instagram or Facebook. Say, happy Women's Global Happiness Day, October 18th. Just say it to people. They may not know what you're talking about. It doesn't matter. You're making someone's day. Or on Women's Global Happiness Day, intentionally send out a few emails to friends, women in your office, sisters, daughters, whomever, and say, happy Women's Global Happiness Day. Here's what you mean to me. Send out a few thank you notes and say, here's what I think of you. Here's something amazing I think of you. That will be contributing to changing the world one woman at a time. That is us creating a movement. And the important thing isn't the date, October 18th, though that is the anniversary of the miscarriage. The important thing is whenever you listen to this podcast, for you to say, I'm going to be part of that movement. I'm going to be part of the movement of women who say, yes, I can make a difference. One woman can make a difference. And I believe that we are worthy of our own power. We are worthy of our own joy. We are worthy of peace and we are worthy of happiness. And that each one of us is going to be responsible for finding the tools. Each one of us is going to be responsible for knowing the tools and using the tools. So I hope you join me 
I hope you join me by participating in Women's Global Happiness Day in the movement in some way. I hope you join me in being part of the community. The Facebook community is totally free and we are women lifting each other up and supporting each other and giving each other ideas and checking in and saying, I need help with this or I want that or you know, asking you what your goal is for the week. I do a Facebook Live there every week. So be part of that movement where we change the world beginning with ourselves and then with every other woman that we meet and then with every boy that we meet and every man we meet and everyone. Be part of being that change that we want to see in the world of choosing happiness. And here, I don't mean happy-dappy, just pretend nothing's wrong. No, no, no. I mean that you choose to be that creator of your life and that you choose to remember that you are worth it, that you are worthy of feeling proud. You are worthy of feeling confident. You are worthy of your desires, of your dreams, of your goals. And if you don't know them, then I hope by now you are reaching out to me so we can talk about that and I can help you with it or another coach can help you. You are worthy, my friend. And that is how we come together and create a happier world together. And so with that, I hope you loved this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. You, of course, can get more information on Women's Global Happiness Day, womensglobalhappinessday.com, or you can sign up for the free event, purposegirl.com forward slash happy, either one, it's in the show notes. And of course, join the Facebook group. You can find me on Instagram at Karen Rockind. And if you have not yet gotten your 50 happiness tips, you can do that on purposegirl.com. 50, they're so cute. Just little things you can do every single day or every single week to be happier, totally for free. And as always, remember, we are changing the world one woman at a time. You're doing that by sharing the podcast, by participating in Women's Global Happiness Day, by being a sister and a friend to other women, by following your own purpose and being that role model for your daughters and your sons. You are changing the world and we are changing the world together. So with that, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.